Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to Love Rugby League. Towers with me, James Gordon. I'm joined by Drew Derbyshire. We've had our pizza for lunch, so we're here now for slightly later than usual. Rugby League lunch hour. Um, we're going to talk about a few things as usual. Drew, please do uh, leave your comments and if there's any... Um, anything you want us to debate, please do leave them in the comments, and we'll we'll try and reply to you and, and talk about on camera. Um, we've had a few, we've got a few uh, housekeeping bits that we have to tell you. We've got a competition with Bachelors uh, running on the site at the moment. They're giving away a Bachelors rugby ball and a tin of mushy peas. Is it one tin? Is it multiple tins? It might be multiple. Might be multiple, multiple tins of mushy peas. So. Um, if you go on the on the win section of the website, you can enter that. There's a winner every week at the moment, so we're told. Um, thanks also to Betfred for their continued support of the site and the podcast. And uh, and also, we've got one here. We've got one of um, State of Mind face masks that are available. Ten pound. Ten pound, apparently. Yeah, you can get yeah, them on State of Mind on the State of Mind website, and then. Uh, We'll do do our best to get them to you from here. They're all all in. we've got hundreds here in our office. Um, so yeah, so if you want one of them, go on the state man website. Uh, just before we came online, Drew, um, we just put a story up on the site um, with some RFL comment about the return of fans. So last night there was a um, a statement from the government uh, that basically with a list of pilot events across a, a number of sports. For September, the sports are football, basketball, cricket, rugby union, speedway, horse racing. But rugby league wasn't on the list. Um, I've managed to speak to someone from the RFL this morning, and here is what they had to say. Um, Super League, well, rugby, the RFL is still hopeful that the 30th of September round of Super League could be included in the pilot. So that's when they're aiming to get fans potentially back to Super League games. That's the 30th of September. The 30th of September is a Wednesday night, just so you can put that in your diary. Um, now, we don't know a great deal about how it would work, but I would imagine based on other sports, it would be very limited capacity. Um, so looking at football, non-league football at the moment, they're operating at around about 15% capacity. 
Um, and obviously there'll be all sorts of measures in place, social distancing, um, the, the bit, because I know people say it, people say all the time about, well, it's a 20,000-seat stadium and there's only six, 7,000 fans in there. But the issue with the COVID requirements from the government is the crowding element. So, you know, like when people are going in and out of the ground. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on getting the fans back? Well, it's, it's a good thing, isn't it? Uh, I think we've always... The action, uh, we, we've not been able to go to some of the games as well because they're only letting a certain number of media in as well, James. We've struggled with uh, accreditation a couple of times. Um, but it'll be good to have some fans back, even if it's in a small portion. Hopefully, um, they can sort it in a manner where, like what they've done in the, the NRL, where maybe 500 members get to go one week and then another 500, and they'll do it in like a ballot format kind of thing. Or they'll just take, take it in terms with the fans. It'll just be good to get the fans back in the ground. I, I, I don't think anyone, considering what the, the last four or five five um, months have been like, that we expect a full capacity. Um, but, yeah. but hopefully a couple of thousand fans at grounds, individual individual grounds as well. So games aren't yeah, no, so, so the, the, the reason for the pilots is they're hoping that these pilot events in September with the view to allowing more fans back across the board from October the 1st. So the RFL said, October 1st is the government's ultimate milestone, but season ticket holders and broadcasting commercial partners who have shown immense forbearance and goodwill would not wish to lose an opportunity to have spectators at games for the sake of a few hours. Um, the RFL is saying that that round of fixtures benefits the wider sports sector as a set of pilot events. It adds to the pilot programme with a full round of fixtures as per a standard sporting calendar that would be a significant learning for both operational colleagues in stadium and in managing logistics remotely. Um, the games currently scheduled for that round, so these are potentially the games, the first games that you can get fans back. When we say the first games, of course, Catalan are allowed fans in France because it's a different kettle of fish, but first fans back in the UK. The games would be Wigan against St. Helens, um, Castleford against Hull, Leeds against Catalan, Salford against Warrington, and Huddersfield against Hull KR. Um, I mean, you'd imagine there'd be quite a scramble for a ballot for Wigan against St. Helens. Yeah, uh, I think you, you couldn't really pick uh, a more high-profile match uh, than Wigan Saints, uh, especially when everyone, we've, we've not had a derby game for for quite a while as well, uh, for what it seems like anyway. Um, but I, I'm just looking forward to hopefully getting a couple of thousand fans back, hopefully a couple of thousand Wigan, a couple of thousand Saints. Uh, the rest can watch it on telly. There'll, there'll still be a little bit of uh, excitement and a bit of a buzz about, about the game. And to be fair, I know we're, we're fans as well as, as journalists and we missed it. We missed the interaction with, with everyone. But think about the players feel. How do the players feel playing in an empty stadium, but yet they've still got to get themselves up for the game every single week. They've still got to perform at the highest level, but there's literally no atmosphere. They can they can just hear themselves talking to each other. Uh, it must be such a strange feeling for the players. There's obviously the, the financial element as well for clubs. who will obviously be. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it because if you've if you've had a season ticket for this season and you've asked for it to be refunded, I presume that then means you won't be able to go. 
to the games or you won't qualify for games maybe mm. um, but we'll see how that pans out yeah. obviously we, we spoke to the RFL and that's what they've come back with so um, we've got a couple of comments already uh, Louis Bank says good to see you back guys I know Louis tweeted me uh, I think it was at some point last week and he was asking about normal Thursday uh, live shows but we've, we have recently just got back into the office uh, Louis so we'll, we will try and, and make it a weekly thing uh, from now on uh, we're getting a couple more comments. Andy Lawson says, do you think that fans will be able to go into Wembley for the Challenge Cup final? Well, it's not even being confirmed the Challenge Cup final is at Wembley this year, has it? Um, because obviously the date's moved up. I think it's October 19th. October, October, yeah, yeah. yeah some, I thought it was 17th, maybe. Maybe um, it's Saturday, won't it? Let me have a look. October 17th, maybe 19th. Um, it's not being confirmed at Wembley now. Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine that I mean, obviously, the reason why the Challenge Cup final was put back that late was to try and, you know, try and get fans in there. Obviously, Wembley holds 90,000, so even if you got 15% of 90,000, you know, it's probably still worthwhile doing because, what, what's 15% of 90,000? About 14,000. Yeah. 14, but you'd imagine by the time they get to, I guess, because the situation's changing, I mean, that's still six, seven weeks away. By the time that potential Wembley final comes along, you might it might be they might be permitting thirty thousand yeah. to go in, which then makes it uh, worthwhile. Just a, a few a few of the words what they're saying in terms of the so the events are all about demonstrating that fans can return in a manner that will limit the spread of COVID, which includes social distancing, limited crowding points, which is what I mentioned, controlled bookings and seating arrangements. So I think having like reserved seats and um, you know space between seats is very important. Um, obviously capacity restrictions as we say and then everyone in the ground has to do the NHS test and trace um, which of course you know if you think if there's 10,000 people coming into a venue you know capturing 10,000 people's information for mm. instance is, is, you know that's a pretty time consuming um, time consuming job uh, Mike Malone says we've been saying it will be a massive crowd well we wish it would be a massive crowd, but uh, I can't see it being an 18,000. Well, it'll be, uh, like I say, we're only basing it on, on football, the comparison with football. So football is allowed 15%, which to be fair, goes up to 30% after um, September the 1st. So 30% of Wigan's capacity is is what? About seven, 8,000? So, you know, if you could get to that point, you know, by the end of September where they're allowing 30%, actually 8,000 in, in Wigan's, you know, in, in the Wigan ground might not be too bad. Well, it's just now they split it, because I presume they'd have to give an allocation yeah. to say Ob Obviously, we're, we're going to say it's a massive game, uh, and, it, and whenever they've played at the DW, you, you're more than likely to get over 20, yeah. 21, 22,000. Um, but when you, when you play at... Wakefield, for example, uh, so it, if it's Wigan Wakefield or Wigan Huddersfield or whoever, so one of the Yorkshire teams that were coming over, I, th I think there's only around 11, 12,000 in the ground, maybe 11,000 in the ground at the time anyway, so if, if you could get 8,000 in, it wouldn't be too big of a difference really from where you were, uh, yeah. from, from them I mean, sort of games. The it's, it's, it's the bigger games, isn't it? The Wigan Warriors yeah, and Wigan I mean, Leeds. The other interesting Wigan point. Team. The other interesting point, and I suppose one of the worries, is that how many people have been put off from going to games now? You know, are we gonna is rugby league going to have lost the percentage of match going fans because they've either, you know, they either don't want to go or they've found other things to do with their time or whatever? It'd be interesting to see how that comes out. The Wednesday night factor as well. You know, all the kids will be back in school by then, so it's like 
Yeah, there's no guarantee that the win game would be on the Wednesday night, as you pointed yeah. out. The the idea is, is that the round starts on the Wednesday night, so you'd imagine they'll be, you know, they might have one, you know, imagine they might put a big game, maybe we can take on the Wednesday night, then they put maybe two on the Thursday, two on the Friday, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they how they work it all out. Thanks to everyone tuning in as well uh, at the moment. If you want us to discuss anything at all, uh, squads, players, games, uh, the current situation regarding coronavirus in Super League, just let us know. Drop a, a comment in the comment box uh, and we'll try and get through your questions and uh, answer them. We're getting quite a lot of uh, listeners in uh, and viewers as well, so we always appreciate that. Let's talk about the coronavirus situation then. So obviously last weekend was a quiet one because there was just the one game. Um, it broke earlier this week, I think it was three Catalan players that tested positive. Um, and obviously that meant that their game was postponed um, this weekend. They were meant to be playing Wigan. Um, obviously Wigan play Cat- Castleford now. Um, what, what do you make of that situation? Because, it, it, you know, with everything that we've heard about coronavirus over, over all this time, it seems unusual or it seems strange to think about, well, if three Catalan players have got it, how can the Wakefield players have avoided it? But then at the same time, you know, Hull had nine players and somehow yeah. none of the Salford players got it. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't really, you know, especially when you say, you know, we're walking around shops with masks on and yet these blokes who are sort of playing rugby aren't passing it on to each other. Yeah, uh, I, I find it strange. I, I, I really couldn't tell you how they did the the tracing for the Wakefield players, it'd be interesting to to, to find out why. Uh, I think they mentioned that Opta were involved in some because way, so there was, vid- there was so video analysis or something. So, so would one of them Wakefield players would have had to make 10 more tackles on one of the players, I, I the Catalan players who have tested positive for it? Or? It's, something to do, it's something to do with face-to-face contact okay. over a certain period of time, I think. So I think what they're looking at in the videos is um, how much face-to-face contact or within, I think it's within a metre or within so, so much have them two players been. Um, I mean, fair, you know, you've got to, you've got to probably tip your hat to Wakefield as well because don't forget they're mm. probably going to be players down this weekend. They, you know, in a normal situation, if you have players taken off your hands mm. through no fault of your own, um, you would probably be within your right to say, well, hang on, we want to call this match off. But Wakefield are sort of appreciative of the, the situation. Don't want to. I think I think clubs just want to play, don't they? Mm. Uh, I don't think they're too they're too fussed about resting players. Obviously, the factor of there being no relegation this year that's is a lot of pressure on clubs uh, down at the bottom uh, end of the Super League table. So that's relieved a lot of pressure. So maybe if there were relegation, clubs at, at the lower end would. Um, I, you, you, you do sort of get worried about playing games without the main players, but. Fair play to Wakefield, they've, they've put their hands up and, and I won't say they're taking one for the team, but they're doing, they're doing yeah, a bit, they, aren't they? They're contributing. I think I've seen Adrian Lamb, Adrian Lamb said something in there this week where he said there was sort of an agreement between all the clubs that, that you know, if, if, if fixtures had to change or stuff had to change, that they just sort of suck it up and get on with it. Um, I suppose it is interesting actually, you wonder whether, is there an attitude where as much as the clubs want to win and they want to, you know, as much as the other clubs who want to win Super League, it's more about they want to try and get the season over and done with so that they can, you know, obviously there's a lot of desperation and a lot of pressure regarding the, the, the broadcast money and, and the commercial money, whereas I suppose they're hoping that once they see through this season, next season will hopefully be a bit more normal. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas I guess they're on a bit of, I guess it must be very 
um, worrying sometimes whether on pins because I think, well, if there's another outbreak, especially that whole one happened, what was it, two weeks in? It's like, if there's more outbreaks of that and we have to stop playing, that might cost us millions. Yeah. You know, and there's, a, there's a bit of worry there, isn't there, I guess? Uh, we've got another comment, uh, I think it's from yeah, Andy Lawson again. I'm a Wigan season ticket holder who lives in Birmingham, uh, and I'm, I would still want to attend matches. I mean, obviously we'll have to wait and see what the clubs come out with. Like I say, you'd imagine they'd have to do some sort of ballot process, um, you know, where people express their desire to go. It'd be interesting to see how that's managed, because does that mean a ticket sent, you know, are you going to end up with tickets going on the black market if you want, you know, like if they've only got 5,000 tickets and there's obviously going to be more demand, are we going to see a bit of, you know, is we going to see something maybe that you, you wouldn't want to see people selling tickets on and stuff like that, it'd be interesting to see if that, um, if that happens, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see what the clubs, obviously the clubs are obviously working towards something in the background, um, and like I say, with the whole season ticket thing, I think that's interesting because, you know, I know not all the clubs have done that, but the clubs that um, the clubs that have refunded season tickets or you know people who claim you know they presumably won't be permitted to go. What if you've forgone your season ticket for this season? Are you yeah. still able to go? You know, there's a, there's a few questions which individual clubs will have to um, will have to answer, of course. Looking ahead to the weekend, uh, obviously there was no games last week, so there was no, well, apart from the one, so there's there's not really much to talk about in terms of what happened last weekend. Um, Wigan Castleford is the first game on Saturday, um, and then Leeds Salford. All the games at, at Warrington this weekend, and then on Sunday it's Hull, KR, St. Helens, Huddersfield, Hull, Warrington, Wakefield. Um, Castleford did alright against, played well against St. Helens, obviously got beat 10 0. Wigan, is it is it Saints or Wigan? Do you think for the for the league this year? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, I'd say it's one of them two. I'd, I'd probably lean towards Saints Islands at the minute. To be honest, I, whenever I've watched them since the the restart, they've been red hot, um, especially with forward and attack. Both edges have been clinical for Saints, um, but Wigan are grinding games out like they always do as well. Um, they've not won convincingly in some games like Saints Islands have. But we're going to renown for grinding games out and grinding the two points out, and that's what they've been doing. I've been impressed with the Wigan jump kids uh, through the middle. I, I thought they're growing every week. Well, I mean, they're I mean, standing up to the test. The, the bullying uh, forwards were five or six, eight years older than. Um, as, as well as the big, impressive. as well as the big lads as well. You've got Harry Smith, haven't you? You know, probably the the if we were in a normal season. Yeah. I'd imagine there'd be a lot of chatter about Harry Smith. Uh, you know, you're potentially looking at him being young player of the year already. I think you know because yeah. the way he's been able to come in, he's almost you, at the start of the season you wouldn't have been thinking. You know, you knew he was on the fringes, but you wouldn't have expected him to maybe have as important part as he has had in, in what Wigan have done already. Yeah, he's a, he's a special player. I, I watched him a couple of times. Well, more than a couple of times in the under 19s at Wigan, and you could you could tell when you were like 17 that he was going to be a special player. I just like the way he organises his play, uh, he plays with a, a wise head on young shoulders, uh, he's got a massive future in the game and I think he'll be in Wigan's first team for, for years to come, he's, and he's got a, a nice uh, kicking game as well. And I mean in some ways, I know there's always a lot of chat about Hastings and you know, Jackson Hastings, to me now, if you're Wigan, I'd rather lose Jackson Hastings than lose Harry Smith, mm. I think that's what my position would be on it. Yeah. Um, yeah but, 
Well, if it, the way Harry Smith's going, he could be at Wigan for mm. the next ten years, couldn't he? He could, he could be at Wigan all his career if, it, yeah. if, he, if he carries on uh, the way he is going. Um, that's that for uh, Wigan Cast four fifteen on on Saturday. And we've had a piece with Gareth O'Brien on the site this morning where he's hoping to um, help Casper to another grand final. Um, Casper haven't quite got going yet, but played all right. Against St. Helens. I've been impressed with Danny Richardson at Castleford this year. Uh, I think he's really stood up to the test. He's taken on uh, a big role alongside Jake Truman at the Tigers. Um, but there was a lot of hype around them in pre season, wasn't there? Truman and Richardson, two, two of arguably the, the country's most talented half backs. They probably uh, suffered because they were actually. They'd actually started fairly solidly, hadn't they, Casper? And obviously, with the lockdown, they've just not got going again. Perhaps as quickly as they well, I, I, I think they'll come both. I think, I think they'll, they'll finish up strong. And, and who knows? They could, they could potentially reach the grand final. Um, it, it all depends how, yeah. how, how the span of, of cast plays. One team, they did, so that's 4 15 Saturday. Saturday at 6 30 is Leeds versus Solf. Now, Salford will probably be gutted about, I mean, I mean obviously, you'll be gutted about a, a coronavirus situation. But I guess for Salford, they'll have been. Gutted to have lost that game that they had postponed, and then that's have another week off. You know, obviously there's no cup games because if you look at Salford's results either side of the lockdown, they've they've pulled off a couple of really eye-catching wins um, that suggests that potentially if they were able to string a bit of a run together, that they could maybe even replicate what they did last season. Yeah, <laughs> they, they always come up with it with surprise results, Salford. I don't think anyone expects Salford to do as well. As they do every single year, um, Ian Watson, everyone knows, is a, a very uh, talented coach. He does great with the budget that he's got at Salford, um, and I think they, they could potentially. I'm not saying they could make. Well, I've, not, got, I've sure. got a bet. We'll talk about this. I've got a bet. We've got Salford sponsoring one of the offices ne- uh, next door to us, and I've got a bet with him. This probably won't adhere me to it. Um, any Salford fans, but we've got a bet. I've he's bet that Salford finishing top half, and I've said Salford finishing the bottom half. Yeah, I, uh, think, I think they'll finish top half. I think the, the thing is, is, I don't know whether I'll be able to pull off it. Is it null and void because Toronto pulled out? I can't remember whether I, th- I thought Toronto <laughs> might finish above them. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But slowly but surely, though, I don't, I don't think they'll win any trophies this year. Um, I do think they are improving under Richard Agar. Um, they are a better team than they have been in recent years. I think Luke Gale has been a good addition to the Rhinos, but I just can't. I, I don't think they've got enough enough in the tank to, to that, pick up some silverware just yet. I mean that. How much do you think is you know? Let's just the Huddersfield game where they were pretty much they were they were easily second best for you know sixty five minutes. You know that game. They managed to pull it off, everyone was really excited, then they got absolutely snotted by St. Helens and they were pretty comfortably beaten by, by Wigan, weren't they? Mm. Um, you know, you, you sort of wonder, are they going to just be inconsistent maybe, um, too inconsistent to actually make the playoffs? Um, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I probably agree. You don't know. Um, well, uh, Sunday's games are Hull KR against St. Helens. So Hull KR had a bit of bad news, I suppose, this week in terms of Neil Hutchell um, saying that he's going to be stepping down, if that's the right word, yeah. um, from his 
chairmanship and relinquishing his ownership, I suppose, if they can find someone to take it on. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter and stuff who are very easy to criticise, but I think I tweeted something. Um, if you look at where Hull KR were 16, 17 years ago, you know, they got promoted to Super League in the right way. They established themselves in Super League, they've improved facilities, they've brought through young players, they've improved the crowds. You know, if every club had done that over that time, then you know the game would be in a, in a much in a much better place. So, for me, I, I think sometimes criticism of, of, of certain individuals is unfounded. I, um, I think he's doing a great job at Hawke Yeah, um, they've they built themselves into a, a sustainable Super League club, a solid Super League club with a great fan base. And even when they they were relegated to the Championship a couple of years ago, they kept. The majority of the fans, the majority of the team, to kill was, uh, I, I think they've done a great job on and off the field or over the last ten years. Yeah, and I think that I think that's the key point. Is like I I say this all the time. There seems to be this clamour that people want perfect clubs from perfect locations, playing in front of perfect crowds with perfect owners and perfect ground and whatever. And it's like ultimately you can't. That doesn't happen overnight. And ultimately, from where you know, okay, our fans will know better than us, no doubt, but. You know, from where Hulkeye were made in the late 90s and early 2000s, for them to be at the top table. And of course, people say, well, with, once you're at the top table, everyone just votes to protect themselves. But is that their, is that those individual clubs' fault? That's just the, the nature of the beast at the moment. Uh, but the interesting thing with Hulkeye since the restart is Tony Smith seems to be a bit blase about results, and he's just sort of saying about well, talking that, it about. Well, it. That, that's the other thing about non relegation. Uh, I think he made a comment a couple of weeks ago after they lost to Warrington. Because it was a heavy. I mean, it started well. Yeah, they started well, and then it, it turned out to be a heavy defeat. But Hockey are threw the ball around quite a lot. They, they did test Warrington. But after the game, he, I think he's, he was mentioning that it's good that we have no relegation because it means teams can play expansive rugby now rather than mm. safe rugby. I don't know if, if everyone. Quite everyone will agree with that um, because you should be you should be trying to win you should be trying to get as many points as you can yeah, on, the, on the on the in the table. But I can also see where he's coming from in the sense that it's not just five five drivers drivers. Yeah, I mean, there's no yeah, of course, there's no pressure on. Oh, you're not you're not you're not losing. But then at the same time, I think that's probably the wrong attitude to have. I mean, yeah, obviously it's an entertainment business if you like, but. It's sport, and you should be doing whatever it takes to win. And you, there's no reason why you can't win playing expansive rugby. Just, just as it, just as if you win playing five drives and a kick. Yeah. I think you need to. Sport always has to have that contest. It's all right. Hulky are chucking the ball out, of, you know, a bit. But if they're losing by forty points every week, is that what people really want to? You know, is that what people yeah. really want to see? You know, I'm not sure it is. Uh, so that's Sunday at one. Um, Huddersfield Hull is Sunday at four fifteen. I feel really sorry for Huddersfield because they've lost two games by one point. Uh, um, you know, if, if a point either way, they'd have four more points in the table. I think they'd probably be joint top would be in the in the league table. Um, and although they've not got they've not got loads of talent, they've not got loads of big names on paper. Huddersfield, she's got Aidan Caesar and you know Jermaine McGilvery and stuff, but. Really interesting how, how Simon Wolf has put that team, put his own stamp on that team and um, 
a nice mix of players that they've brought through themselves, players they've recruited from other clubs. Um, I, I quite like the look of the Giants at the moment. Yeah, the academy's improved a lot over the last couple of years, hasn't it? Over the last five or six years, I think. Uh, they've started to bring through a lot more of their own talent instead of going out to... They pinched a few from Bradford, we have to say, when Bradford was struggling, so like Paul Bryan and they, English. But they still development. They've, they've obviously got the senior twins who, who have come through in, in recent years. Ollie Russell. One of them's gone out to Wakefield, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't know. senior, I, I think, has gone to Wakefield. Right, right. Um, Obviously, Dom Young's signed for Newcastle Knights in the NRL uh, ahead of next season. Uh, Ollie Russell is a great young half-back, I think. Uh, I, really, I really enjoy watching him play. He's got a great kicking game. He's got the confidence of, of an half-back as well. I, I, I think they've got a good blend of youth and experience. It's interesting they play all that slow. We're talking about this now because I remember doing Magic Weekend last year and they, they beat Hull 55-2 yeah. or something like that. And that was the first game where I'd seen Huddersfield and I thought, I don't see Hull were bad, but you know, we had a lot of players, um, you know, McIntosh played well and a lot that was the first game, that was almost like the um what's the word? That was almost like the the first time you saw them put together what they maybe might be capable of. Um we'll talk about Hull, so obviously they've had a couple of weeks off due to the, the COVID situation and sort of Things couldn't get much worse for Hull really this season. They had a poor start, they sacked the Colts, they had lockdown, they caught coronavirus, they got absolutely snotted when they played uh, Salford. It can't, it's, well, I mean, is it the only way is up from here? I think, Hull? Well, I think so. Uh, I, I don't think matters could get much worse, could it? Be, uh, considering the circumstance over the last couple of weeks and, and how they, they finished before the the super well before the lockdown sorry um i think they've, they've got the squad to to be successful on, on when you look at the the whole squad on paper uh the squad numbers that is more than capable of winning trophies there's no doubt about it um i mean the, I I suppose the it's, just, it's just about it's just about reaching them finals for whole the, um, the thing is with the with the with the, the table yeah, now with the table now, they're going to end up playing 20 games in total. Hull have played eight, but they're only four points behind second place. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, you know, it's been a bit of a, a disastrous 2020 for them, but string a few wins together, and they're more, it's top five, isn't it? They're doing top five, so, I mean, they're only two points off, ironically, Huddersfield, who they play this weekend, so all is not lost for Hull. Do you think they'll stick with Andy last for this season, at least? Yeah, I I think they should give it, I think they will. It's probably a difficult time should. to recruit a coach. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think I think they should. I think he, that's what he deserves the season, at least. Uh, I think he deserves a shot of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he does. I think he does deserve uh, the shot of the season, at least. Uh, and then the final match, a home game, I suppose, for Warrington, who play Wakefield on Sunday. Now, there's a little bit of, obviously, we're based in Warrington, so we hear a few murmurings and stuff. There's a little bit of discontent at, at Warrington about the style of rugby that they play. And, um, you know, some of the fans aren't happy that the team that they've got on paper should be playing um, what they perceive to be better rugby. I'd counteract that and say, ultimately, it's a it's a it's a results business, and it actually is better for Steve Price that they can grind out wins like they did against Huddersfield in the last game, um, and stay there or thereabouts. Well, it's it's exactly we've seen 
we witnessed this exact situation at Wigan under Sean Wayne. That some of the fans were unhappy with the way that Wigan were playing under Sean Wayne. It was very structured the way the Warriors played. They didn't throw the ball around. But at the end of the day, they won titles. They won Challenge Cups. They won Super League Grand Finals. They all. They, they won big derby matches against Saints and Warrington. They were successful as a whole, yet some of the fans were still unhappy with how it was played. How it was played. Ra- rather than you could play great rugby and not win any titles at all. You know, like you say, I mean, if, if Warrington win the grand final playing ugly rugby, that's surely better than, than not winning the grand final and trying to play nice rugby. I mean, there's a little bit of the argument like, are they, you know, are they thinking, because we spend so much money, obviously we've got Widdopin and Blake Austin there, and obviously English is coming next season, that it should be more about winning. But at the same time, I go back to what I said before about OKR. It's, yeah, it's entertainment business, but it's, it, it's about winning. And I think, have Warrington fans got a bit complacent, a bit, not greedy, but because they're so used to winning, they're a bit like, well, we want to win with style, but then at the same time, you've still not won that yeah. big... Um, that, that big trophy. So they're, they're the five games. Um, there's loads of sort of championship renewals going on, so keep an eye out on, on the site for all them. Um, Ottawa are signing players for League One. Well, a little bit of a chat about Ottawa. So um, I, 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 spoke, I spoke to a few people about this. So a lot of clubs um, in... Some of the League One clubs have expressed a little bit of discontent about the Ottawa situation. Of course, the Toronto situation doesn't help because everyone's wondering what's going to happen with that. Um, I believe a lot of clubs have asked for clarity over travel, accommodation, how it's going to be, you know, what happens if someone catches coronavirus. One of the suggestions, I think, was that all the flights are going to be from Heathrow to Ottawa and there was a bit of worry that obviously there's going to have to be the travel there and back. And, Basically, there's, there was a movement, shall we say, to try and prevent Ottawa from playing. Apparently, that's being shot down and, and there's been, th- not threats, but ultimately, Ottawa have got a participation agreement for 2021. Um, they plan on playing um, and any attempt to prevent them from playing will, re- will result in legal discourse, shall we say. There's a bit of murmuring that Ottawa won't play in Canada. Um, we, you know, I understand that they've They've already sounded out, or they've already got an agreement in principle to play at Lee. Um, I, I'm, I mean, obviously, I've made my position on this this clear, but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny one to be trying to expand and bring Ottawa into League One when we've still got this big grey cloud over Toronto. Yeah, um, I think it's a tough situation for Ottawa. They seem a lot more structured and grounded than what Toronto were. Uh, in 2017, uh, I will give Ottawa that, um, and they've said that they want to have m- the majority of the squad being Canadian-born players. Well, that's not uh, And they've not signed a Canadian player yet. Sound like a witness, uh, witness. <laughs> they've, they've, they've signed a, a strong witness contingent. Uh, they've, well, no, they've, they've, they've signed the majority of Norway-based players. Uh, There's obviously an issue. They've not announced the the signing of one uh, Canadian or USA international. 
Um, they've been very big on saying they've signed they, Scotland international, they've signed Ireland international. You know, they've been big on that, haven't they? And obviously, they've got a bit of a French connection there, and they've signed Louis Dufresne. Um, but the when the whole the whole franchise was first starting off, they, they were very keen that it was going to be it's going to be a Canadian franchise. They're going to have Canadian born players, and and they are doing trials to. To get some Canadian players into the squad, I don't know how how many games they'll play. Does it? Does it? I mean, I seen someone tweet us, didn't they? Um, I think he was uh, was he English born or was he, he he was he, he was born in England but's lived in Canada since he was two or three, and he's quite keen to have a tryout with the Wol- uh, sorry with Ottawa. Um, there's a slight issue where I don't think bona fide Canadian players can get work permits to play over here. So if you were you know, if you were born in Ottawa and have lived in Ottawa all your life and have got a Canadian passport, I do not believe that you'll be able to get a work permit to play rugby league proper in this country. That's just a home office regulation. Now, Luke. obviously, if you were a Canadian that happened to have a British mother or, you know, had a British passport or, you know, similar to um, Reese Jacks, he was an Aussie, wasn't he? If you've got something that enables you to play over here, then it's slightly different. Um, but, yeah, it just seems to me... I mean, I'm dubious of, of, of the whole situation anyway, but it is, it, it doesn't really, you can see why clubs are concerned, mm-hmm. because at the moment it looks like Ottawa are just going down the same path as Toronto, and yeah, there was a pandemic, and, but ultimately Toronto, there's still a massive question mark over what's going to happen with that. Yeah, uh, I agree, um, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it pans out, I think they will be a I think they will be allowed to to play in twenty twenty one, but we'll go just. And what about Toronto? Do you think Toronto will be back? Super League. It sounds like that's where it's heading. I think I think they will be back. Um, and to be honest, I would give them the benefit of the doubt for for twenty twenty one because no one no one could see this coming that that's hit us in twenty twenty. Mm. I think it'd be unfair to to kick them out completely. Uh, I think I think they will be back, and I think I think they should. Be giving another shot at Super League in twenty twenty one. Be interested to see what sort of squad they have because you'd imagine they'll, you'd imagine there'll be players who leave as a result of what's happened this year. Um, yeah. They'll probably want players to leave to give them a bit of salary cap um, room. You know, Sunnyvale. It'd be surprising if someone takes over that can afford to take on Sunnyvale's wages because that's obviously a massive, yeah. um, you know, a massive commitment. Uh, goes back to the discussion what we were having on Warrington he says as a Warrington fan we do play boring rugby but that is what is being coached it's all about resilience and being tough yeah I mean I, I can't remember what I was talking to this about but do you really watch many games and think they play nice rugby at the moment I, and that's the thing I don't think, right, it's, right, I don't think it's necessarily exclusive to Warrington that situation no, no I don't um, after, we had it a couple of years ago didn't we where there was a lot of buzz and hyper and cast all the classy cast tag and they they were throwing it around and, and to be fair I think I think Castleford probably still are the most entertaining team. I, I like the, I, to be fair I like watching Saint Helens as well. I think Saint Helens uh, utilised Johnny Lomax and Lachlan Crew brilliantly. Uh, it comes against us that I just think that the, the nature of the game over the last five or six years it's is just changed, yeah. that that's the way it is. Because every, everyone's an athlete now. Yeah. Uh, even the, the prop forwards are athletes. Uh, they're fitter than ever before. They're, they're almost like machines and robots, aren't they? The, some of the players that are fit these days. Um, I think I just think rugby league's changed in general. Obviously, Luke over in, in Australia in the NRL, 
everyone's an athlete though. It's it's a completely different game to what it was maybe fifteen to twenty years ago. A final point before we go. Um, we had a mailbox this week. If you want to send us a mailbox, you can do so via Facebook or email into us. Um, from a fan who basically said, Sean Wayne, England coach Sean Wayne. Can't be that happy that there's no scrums over here when they've got scrums in Australia. Um, he's thinking about the World Cup. Is it going to be weird for players playing with no scrums? We don't know whether it'll permanently be, in, you know, whether it'll be permanently um, implemented or whether we'll go back to having scrums next season. Mm. But it does, it does provide an interesting point in terms of how how much is the different rules we have over here and in the NRL. How much does that impact England when it comes to playing international rules? I'm not sure it impacts impacts England that much, um, but I'll wrap this up quickly. We should just have one set of rules, <laughs> yeah, and then that's it. Uh, <laughs> Louis also just adds that last time Warrington uh, threw the ball around uh, was when Chris Sando was at half back. Mm, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what triggers you to want to have that philosophy. Is it having one player, or is it having? Is it the coach, or is it the the collection of players, obviously there's a core part of that Warrington team that's been the same for quite a while, um, but we'll see what happens, so um, five games back this weekend, thanks as always to Betfred and thanks to you for tuning in, we'll put it on YouTube and on the website as well if you've just joined us and you want to re-watch. Give us a comment as well. Yeah, thanks to thanks to Betfred, like I say, as usual, please make sure you check out lovelyblade.com for all the latest and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.